Welcome to I Got Issues, a podcast offering hope and healing for the hurts, habits, and hangups we all experience. Thank you for listening. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the I Got Issues podcast. My name is Hadley Baker. I am your host, and I'm so pumped that you have chosen to check out this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to especially show some love to those of you who are tuning in for the first time. Maybe somebody told you about the podcast. Maybe you came across it on social media. But this is a place where we have real conversations. We try to keep them brief, uh, under 30 minutes. But we just have real talk about hurts, habits, and hangups. That we believe that everyone uh, in life experiences different types of issues. And we want this to be a place where we can talk about them in a safe way and just work through them. Because at the end of the day, all of us are trying to grow. We're trying to become the version of ourselves that we know God created us to be. And sometimes we just have to work through some things to get to that place. And so I'm hopeful that this will be a resource that will help you do that very thing. Uh, Before we really dive into today's content, uh, I want to do what I try to do often uh, and just appeal to you as the listener uh, for your help and your support. Something you can do that will really help give our podcasts more exposure and visibility is to leave a review on the podcast. Also, if you could like and subscribe, that goes a long way as well. And then something really simple is to just ask someone uh, in your circle of relationships to check out the podcast. And if you could do that, I would be so incredibly grateful to you. I also wanted to really quickly give everyone an update on the book. If you're new to the podcast, uh, I've shared on multiple occasions in the past that I am actually writing my very first book that will come out on September 14th of this year. It is a memoir called I Am Not Your Slave. It's a book dealing with the very difficult topic of addiction. And in it, I'm telling my own story, my own journey, uh, and my experiences with addiction, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, It's raw and it's real. It is, I guess by definition, it is a Christian book. I speak a lot about my faith in the book, but it's also written in a very non-churchy way. Like this is not, you know, your grandma's Sunday school class Bible study book, okay? Uh, it's going to be it's going to be real life. And I, I tell you that because I believe there are people in your life that may not necessarily be people of faith. They may not believe in Jesus, God, the Bible, organized religion, church, any of those things. But to hear a story from someone who has been through it and to know like, wow, this dude gets it. He's been through it. It's obvious in the way he talks. He understands addiction. Uh, I'm just incredibly hopeful that my journey and my experiences can serve some good in the life of another person. Addiction is an absolutely horrific reality. And some of you listening, you know firsthand. For others, you know secondhand. You've seen what addiction has done uh, to people you care about. And so I am so incredibly passionate about this topic, and I cannot wait to get this book out into the world. And as I have shared previously, uh, I would love for you uh, to consider and pray about being a part of my launch team. Some of you have reached out even since the last episode and said, hey, man, count me in. I want to be a part of the team. I'm so grateful for your support. Thank you for that. But if you've not done that and you're interested, really all it would involve is you would get an advanced copy of the book 
which you would read, and then on the day the book is released, uh, you would go into Amazon that very day and write an open and honest review. And then I would also ask you to promote it and get the word out on your social media platforms. Really what you're doing is just helping me just launch the book, just get it out into the world. And so if that's something you are interested in, uh, look in the show notes. You will see my contact information there and you can reach out to me and I can provide you with more information on next steps for joining the launch team. Okay. Well, hey, all right, let's jump in today. I am excited for our conversation. And in our time together in this episode, we're going to talk about and unpack the theme of anger. And I just wonder, uh, as you hear that word anger, what kind of mental imagery comes into your mind? What do you think about? Or, or maybe I should ask you, who do you think about? Uh, even if I don't know you personally, surely you've got some person in your life, maybe multiple individuals in your life, who are just kind of bent or prone towards getting angry. They have what we sometimes call a quick temper or a hot head. Like they just go from zero to 60 really quickly, like from calm to crazy. Like the anger switch gets flipped uh, and they lose it. Uh, this is, for some of us, something we've seen firsthand in our own life or with family or with friends. We, we have seen anger up close and personal. And yet for others of you, maybe anger is not something that has been a part of your life. Maybe you grew up in a home where people spoke calmly and everyone got along and no one lost their temper. And so that's just not your point of reference. But I would venture to say, even without knowing you personally, most of us have a pretty good point of reference when it comes to seeing the display of anger in a person's life. And so you already know. I mean, it's not something where I've got to build this case to convince you or explain to you that unchecked anger can be really destructive. Think of all the friendships or relationships that have been damaged by something that someone said or did in a moment of anger where they weren't themselves, they were angry, uh, all, all of the emotions were raging like a storm inside of them, and in that moment they did something that when they calmed down, they could not undo. Like there was damage, okay? There, there was like chaos all around them, there was carnage from a mess they made in a moment of anger. Think of how oftentimes anger traps people in isolation. People who tend to get angry a lot oftentimes are very lonely people because no one wants to be around somebody who at any moment can snap and just lose it and maybe go off on you. You don't want to walk on eggshells around people. You don't want to tiptoe or be constantly afraid that, man, they're going to snap and just explode on me. So oftentimes people who are bent towards anger don't experience a lot of close friendships or relationships. Anger can cause a lot of destruction in a person's life. And the Bible actually has a lot to say about anger. Uh, there's a verse in Proverbs chapter 14. It's actually verse 17 that says, short-tempered people do foolish things. Like, I don't know about you, but I have done some really foolish, I'll just call them stupid things, okay, in a moment when I lost my temper. 
Uh, have you ever done something really stupid? Like you look back and say, oh my gosh, what was I doing? What was I thinking? Well, when you lose your temper, you act stupid. This is what Proverbs is telling us. But we see another place in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9, where we're told to control your temper for anger labels you a fool. Like losing your temper constantly, being angry constantly can become a label on your life. You can be known for your hot head, for your quick temper. And sometimes we laugh about it, but you know, you reach a point in your life where it's not funny anymore. When people begin to distance themselves and pull back from you because you're not safe to be around. This is a real problem. What about Psalm chapter 37, verse 8, where it says, Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. And we've already talked about this, that our our anger can harm relationships. It can harm friendships. It can harm those that we love and care about. And then finally, Proverbs 29, verse 22, that says, An angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin. Do you know that person that's just always getting into it with other people because they are so easily provoked because their temper and their fuse is so short, they're constantly just having drama or going to war with others? This is the kind of person that the Bible is speaking of. And listen, I just want to talk to someone who's listening today and you would just be honest with yourself and say, you know, as you're describing all of this, man, this sounds a lot like me. And if I'm really honest, this is a struggle for me. And I've been this way for a long time. Maybe as long as you can remember, anger has been a challenge for you. I want to say something to you right now that might really surprise you. And it's simply this, that anger in and of itself is not a bad thing. Anger is actually a healthy emotion that there are times when we need to express and release anger. And we know that anger is not wrong in and of itself. Why? Because in the Bible, we see several occasions where Jesus got angry. This is what the Bible would call righteous anger. It's when you express anger, but you do not sin as a result of that anger. This is righteous anger. And Jesus did this on several occasions. Let me share two of them with you quickly. If you want to go and read about the first one, this is found in the Gospel of John chapter 11. You've probably heard the story of Jesus raising his friend Lazarus from the dead. This is in John 11 verses 1 through 44. But it says in verse 33, when Jesus showed up on the scene and he saw that Lazarus had already died and he's looking at Mary and Martha who were the sisters of Lazarus and he's looking at all these people crying and weeping and wailing at what death had done. It says in verse 33 of that chapter that a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Jesus got angry at what had happened to his friend. He looked at sin. He looked at death. He looked at the destruction it's brought into our world, and it made him mad. What about the example of Jesus clearing the temple in John chapter 2? Remember that story where you had all these fools who were using the temple uh, to, to buy and sell stuff? Like they were setting up shop and like running their Amazon market out of the temple rather than going there to worship and seek God. 
And the Bible says in John chapter 2 that Jesus, in verse 15, he went into the temple with a whip that he had made himself. And he started cracking the whip and running these people out of the temple. He got mad at how they were misusing God's house. And so the Bible is clear, and I hope that you're seeing this, that anger in and of itself is not wrong. It's not a toxic emotion. It's not something bad that we should avoid or never express or never experience. No, anger is a healthy emotion. We know that Jesus was sinless. He never sinned. And yet the Bible is clear. He felt and expressed anger. So let me say it again. This is called righteous anger. This is anger that does not lead to sin. So I want you to grab hold of that. That it's not that anger is bad. It's when anger morphs into sinful words or sinful actions that it becomes a problem. So that's the first idea I want you to take away from our time together. And the second one is simply this, and I want you to listen very carefully because I want to drill down on this one, maybe even a little bit more. So listen in and hear me say this. Anger is a secondary emotion. I'm going to repeat that because I want you to get it. Anger is a secondary emotion. So you heard me say it twice and you're still like, Hadley, I have no clue what that means. What are you talking about? Okay, fair enough. Let me explain it. When I say that anger is a secondary emotion, what I am saying is that there is another emotion that you are feeling primarily, and in response to that feeling, that emotion, you become angry. So when I say anger is secondary, what I mean is it's actually pointing to something else that you are feeling first, and maybe even in greater measure. Maybe I can illustrate it this way. Imagine with me that you walk out the front door of your house and as you step out into your front yard, you can't help but smell the, the scent of smoke. And as you begin to look around, you notice on the horizon at a great distance, there is a thick cloud of smoke rising up into the sky. It's black and it's growing and getting thicker and thicker by the moment. Now, even though you can't see it, here's what you know. Somewhere there is a fire. See, the smoke is just secondary. The fire is primary. And so often when we are trying to treat or assess or correct anger, what do we do? We try to fix the smoke rather than to put out the fire. And so we have to understand that anger is secondary, that there's something deeper happening in our soul that's fueling that anger within us. So let me take it a step further and offer you a real-world example. I have a close friend of mine. I've known him for many years. Uh, he's almost like a big brother or a mentor in my life. His name is Mike. And when Mike was growing up, his father was an alcoholic. And his dad was often very verbally abusive and sometimes even physically abusive. One of the things Mike's dad would do was belittle him with his words. He would talk down to him. He would criticize him. He would just make him feel like he wasn't worth anything. And that wounded Mike greatly in the formative years of his life when he was young. As he got older, he really struggled with anger because of the wounding that took place in his childhood. And so anytime someone said something to him that he perceived to be them talking down to him, 
making fun of him, condescending to him, he would absolutely snap. He would get furious, like blind rage would come over him. Well, what was happening? He was getting angry because it was triggering a wound from his past. I think about my own life, the battles I've had with anger, not just as a young person, I'm talking as an adult. Like when Christy and I first got married more than 18 years ago, I'm going to keep it real with you. Anger was a real problem in the early years of our marriage. I would explode. I would yell. I would scream. Sometimes I would throw things. Sometimes I would hit things. I would cuss. Like I would just lose it. What was going on? Well, I can tell you now from lots of counseling and lots of prayer and just time to heal and to grow uh, that I was carrying a deep wound of rejection. Uh, I had a great fear of abandonment that she was going to leave me. And so anytime she did or said anything that planted this idea in my mind that somehow she's rejecting me, somehow I'm not good enough for her, she's pushing me away. Here we go again. I'm being rejected again. I'm being abandoned again. It would stir up this anger and I would just lose it. I would just lose it. It never got physical, nothing like that. But I'm just telling you, I did things and I said things that I look back on. I'm like, man, I am so glad I'm not that guy anymore. I'm so glad God has brought healing into my life. See, I just want to say to somebody listening, you have to connect the dots and you've got to understand that how things in your life have played out are informing and shaping the way things in your life are happening right now. Stuff that maybe you've not dealt with, stuff that maybe you've swept under the rug or tried to bury deep or just forget about it. Thinking, oh, you know what? It's just going to go away. It's just going to fix itself. Well, that may happen, but it's very possible that it may not. Could it be that the chronic anger you are experiencing right now is your soul's way of telling you, hey, buddy, hey, girl, we've got something else going on down here that you've not dealt with. And so this raises a really important question. How do we deal with our anger? How do we get through all the smoke and put out the fire? Well, I want to share with you four practical steps that I think can get you moving in the right direction. I don't know that these things are linear, like one, two, three, and four, as much as it's probably more of a collection of all four of them happening at the same time. These are steps that have helped me immensely in my own journey, things that I've discovered uh, in conversations with others, and they are things that I think will be helpful to you if you will apply them to your life. We're going to list these in the show notes, but I want to share them with you quickly. The first one is simply this, to be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. And what I mean is it's time to quit denying to quit minimizing, quit making excuses for your anger. I think far too often we are really naive and and really in the dark about the reality of our anger. And I can tell you a good way to find out if you are struggling with anger is to ask people who know you best. Give them permission to speak openly and honestly and ask them, "Hey, hey, be honest with me, am I an angry person? Do you feel like you've got to tiptoe around me, that you've got to walk on eggshells? 
Do you feel like I'm exploding, like I'm always just going off at the drop of a hat? You have to be willing to honestly assess and evaluate where you are. You can't make excuses anymore. You have to own it and say, hey, you know what? I am struggling with this. And as a part of owning it, this leads us to number two. We are going to ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. That we are going to apologize to the people in our life who have been wounded by our anger. Now, why is this so important? Because if we are going to heal from the wounds that others have caused us, we must be willing to ask for forgiveness for the wounds that we have caused others. That there's actually a freedom that comes over us when we release the offense, not just of people that have hurt us, but actually of people that we have hurt. That we set ourselves free and we say, you know what, I have made that right. I have set that right. I'm no longer allowing that to negatively impact me. What am I doing? I'm getting emotionally healthy. I'm getting all the clutter out of my soul. Man, if I have hurt people, I'm going to take responsibility for that. I'm going to own it. And in owning it, I begin making progress for healing. I will never heal what I deny. I can only heal the parts of me that I accept. And I have to accept, hey, you know what? I have hurt people. I'm going to own that. I'm going to make it right. I'm going to ask them to forgive me. Now I can begin to heal myself. And this leads us right into number three. We have to identify the primary issue. Identify the primary issue. And oftentimes, this is not something that we can do on our own. We don't have the power or the resources within ourselves to really identify what's happening that's triggering and contributing to the anger. We know the smoke part. We've figured out the smoke. We can't diagnose what's causing the fire. So we have to be willing to seek help to discover what is triggering or setting off the anger. This is where I want to just really challenge you to consider Christian counseling to sit down with a biblical counselor and begin the process of therapy, of really doing the soul work to untangle all the mess in your head or your heart to figure out what is it that's actually driving all this? What is fueling my anger? What is truly happening inside of me? I've seen it on the outside. Now I need someone to help me see it on the inside. So we're going to identify the primary issue. And when you begin to see what's actually causing it all to transpire, that's when you can really begin to do the work and find the healing that you need. And that leads us to the fourth and the final step. And I'm going to say, hands down, the most important step. And that is simply this, to invite God into your battle. Invite God into your battle. That you would pray and cry out and ask Jesus to heal the wounds that are fueling your anger. See, I think so often when it comes to working through our mental or emotional issues, so many of us try to just do it on our own. But see, the Bible is clear that when we recognize our inability to fix ourselves, we position ourselves for grace. See, there are some people who are too proud to ask God to help them. And the Bible says some really strong things about that, that God actually opposes the proud. But it says he gives grace to the humble. 
Today, if you would humble yourself and say, God, I need your grace, that Jesus, I need you to heal the wounds inside of me, that there is junk in my soul. There are wounds that I've carried, and these wounds are manifesting in rage and anger. I'm lashing out at the people I love, and Lord, I just don't want to live this way anymore, but I need you to heal me. I'm inviting you into my struggle. I'm inviting you into my battle. Friend, can I tell you on the authority of God's word that when you come to him in that way, in humility, man, he is just going to empower you with fresh hope and strength and love and grace. God will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And so that's what I want to pray for as we land the plane on this episode of I Got Issues. That if today you find yourself just ready to change, ready to leave behind this anger that has been so problematic in your life, no matter where you're listening today, I just want you to receive this prayer and and don't just listen to me, but agree with me. Maybe pray yourself and say, God, I, I need this. God, I want this. Let's pray right now. Father God, in Jesus' name, we come before you right now. We thank you that you hear us. Your word says you are our present help in our time of trouble. And Lord, the truth is today, some of us are in real trouble when it comes to our anger. That this emotion that is not bad in and of itself has morphed into something sinful and destructive in our life. And we cannot fix it on our own. We lack the power, the wisdom, and the strength to do so. So we call on you today for your grace, for your mercy. Lord, I just pray for my friend right now who's listening, that they would know that you, even in this moment, are moving near to them, that you're drawing them close because you want to bring healing and freedom into their life, that that's what you do. You heal, you redeem, you restore. And no matter what we've experienced, no matter what has happened before this moment, God, we know that we can bring it to you and lay it at your feet. And Lord, you can take our mess, you can take our our ugliness, you can take our brokenness and redeem it into something beautiful. So I pray for my friend right now that they would encounter you in a life-giving way, in a life-changing way. We bring our anger to you, Lord, and we ask you to help us to get to the root of it and to bring the healing that we need in our soul. We trust you for all of these things, and we ask them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, guys, I hope that today our conversation has encouraged you in some way. And if you've listened today and you say, man, this is just what I needed to hear. Man, this was a timely word in my life. Can I just again, as I did at the top of our time together, just invite you to simply tell a friend about this. Uh, This is a really organic word of mouth community. And I want to invite you to be a part of it and to invite others to be a part of it. So if you wouldn't mind telling somebody, it would mean so much to me. I look forward to being with you next time as we continue these conversations here on the I Got Issues podcast. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. I'll see you guys next time. God bless.
Thank you for streaming this episode of I Got Issues. If you found this content to be helpful in any way, help us expand our online community by leaving a review and sharing this podcast with a friend. If you have ideas for future episodes, we would love to hear from you. Please visit the show notes for contact information. Until next time, take care, everyone.